Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... The race is an opportunity to showcase your training. That was your friend that yeah, said Yeah, I know. I'll claim it if it's that good. I'll allow you to claim it if you give me, like, 50%. <laughs> Not even 50%, but just, like, maybe I'm happy with 40, 40, 60%. Does your friend listen to the show? I hope he doesn't. But we'll just claim that as ours. <laughs> yeah. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Well, it seems like forever ago since I started the show... From the home studio, a.k.a., yes, the bedroom. It is Running With Jake, the podcast. We're back. I'm live. I'm in the UK. I promised all the listeners last week that listened to the, the show, I promised Pete, the producer of the podcast, that I would be back after five weeks away in sunny Italy, in sunny Greece. I'm here in the UK. I'm a little bit out of sorts, but I'm ready and fired up to get you feeling better. Motivate your socks off. Come on. You might be a little bit out of sorts, but I'm really, really happy, like crazy happy. Like, I'll be really happy if I never hear a bloody cricket ever again. Oh, man. I, I can still hear them at night. I still hear them. I still hear the crickets in my head. Yeah. I'm like, they're on me, they're on me. Get them off me. Get them off me. Well, the, the issue is, you know, this this is the issue, right? Your, your crickets, then they've, they've just been something that, as the producer, I've listened to too many crickets over the last few weeks on your, on your beach in Italy or Greece or wherever you happen to be. Now, I'm finally rid of crickets. What's happening here is the youngsters getting a flipping gecko. What do they eat? Crickets. I can't escape crickets. <laughs> I can't escape crickets. <laughs> <laughs> chirping away. I'm positive, I'm fired up, but I won't deny, I miss the weather in Greece, I miss the lack of beaches on my doorstep, I no longer get a complimentary ouzo after every meal. It's, it's very sad. <laughs> I'm very frustrated. <laughs> However, what I am very positive about is I can now put toilet paper in the, t- in the toilet. I'm actually very happy about that. That's definitely a positive. I'm happy to see you, Pete, on the screen. Thank well, I'm, you. I'm normally on a beach when I'm recording, juggling phones. I've got Martina's phone, my phone, trying to record and talk to you. Naked people at the, at the, at the naked oh, beach. All that. If you missed the show last week, go and listen to it. It's all about naked people on a beach. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. And I'll tell you what else I'm really super, super, super happy about. Tell me. Is to have awesome guests back on the show. Now, we've had go- guests, ghosts, we've had guests on the show every week, <laughs> almost every week. We didn't last week, but every week we've had a great guest on. But of course, with me being away, I recorded a lot of them before going away. It was like kind of five weeks ago. So it was awesome to catch up with Ed today on the show. Ed's a, an ultra runner. He's, he came third male in the summer spine this year. The mm. summer spine is just epic if you don't know what that's about you need to listen to the show today ed's coming up on the show awesome stuff but yeah i'm chilled i'm back i'm kind of still a little bit in 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 greek mode i'm still i'm missing feta cheese but we're okay you can't be sick you're not really missing feta cheese are you oh man give me i tell you what i would love right because we were chatting martina and i my girlfriend about manchester marathon training for that in october i would i wish there was a company that would produce carb gels flavored Feta cheese in phyllo pastry with sesame seeds and honey. I would buy them all day long. That would fuel me to the finish line in Manchester. I love that stuff, man. Do you know, I the issue it. I've got with feta cheese, right, is you have to do stuff like that, like put honey on it, put it in a thing with a thing and a thing to make it half decent. Because what is it? It's just a crumbly... I mean, <laughs> I appreciate that when you go there, you go, that's great. I can eat feta cheese for a week. That's okay. You were there for how long? Surely you've had enough of feta. It's like halloumi as well. Halloumi and feta and all these new cheese. There never used to be cheeses like that in my day. I'll tell you what. (laughs) A bit of of cheddar, a bit of cheddar, 
and that's it. That's all you need. That's all you need in life. Just a bit of mature cheddar. That's all you need. You don't need to be messing about with these cheeses. I do recall that you are a, you are a bit weird about cheese, particularly halloumi. I, I actually oh. have a memory, a very vivid memory, of us meeting up at a pub in Derby when we were discussing the podcast and and creating this show each week. We had uh, we had some food that you. <laughs> No, I ordered halloumi and you were disgusted. I'm not disgusted. It's just that when I'm with someone who isn't a vegetarian but eats halloumi by choice, I'm going, what is wrong with you? What is wrong? You're one of them, are you? You're one of them. <laughs> I'm just very suspicious of anything that squeaks at you when you eat it. It squeaks through your teeth. It's like squeaky. When we met up for dinner, you did say that, and I must admit that's in my head every time I eat halloumi. I can, I can just hear the squeak in my mouth. Mm. I'm sorry if you are a big fan of halloumi listening to this show. The next time you eat halloumi, you won't be able to concentrate on anything that your partner is saying to you or your friends that are joining you for dinner because all you'll be able to hear is this damn squeak in your mouth. And you can blame <laughs> Pete, the producer of the podcast. It's nothing to do with me. But look, I, look, I didn't eat that much feta over there compared to the Greeks. I mean, the Greeks are feta mad. They basically use slabs of feta as a substitute for bread. So they oh, kind of just what? put like, the filling in between two slabs of feta, you know, so it might be like, I don't know, some kind of pastrami and then sandwich between two slices of feta. It's crazy, mate. It's crazy. That's insanity. That's crazy. That's too much. That's too. That's way too much. Look, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get out of this conversation. I'm not going to do it seamlessly either. Please don't tune out of the podcast. Do not stop... <laughs> The podcast app on your phone. It's not all about cheese. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. We've got Ed Harris, top ultra runner, on the show today. Coming up. I've got cheese. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Hi there, this is Frank Flake from the Sophisticated Property Investing Podcast. I was a guest of Jake's on episode 73. If you haven't heard it, feel free to go back and have a listen. We get into everything from running challenges to mindset. By the way, if you've always wanted to earn in a month what you currently earn in a year, you may want to take a listen to my show. There's a link in the show notes of this episode. Or you could just search for Sophisticated Property Investing on your podcast app. Running with Jake, the podcast. Ed, my friend, it's good to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Running with Jake podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks very much for, for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, mate. Uh, do you notice I said my friend there? I hope I can, yeah. I can call you my friend. It, we've never properly connected. Obviously, we're speaking on Zoom now, so I can see you. Your smiley, happy, motivated face. You're the perfect guest for the podcast. But we've sent so many messages. Obviously, I've been away. Regular yeah. listeners to the show will know. I, I've been in... I can't remember, Skiathos, and I was in Italy before that. I've been away for five weeks. We've tried to make this uh, interview, this yeah. chat happen. We got there in the end, didn't we? We did. No, it was nice to talk. I think I think it was only delayed by a week, so we're all good. We're all good. You're very kind. You're very kind. I've never <laughs> sent so many apologies in my life. Ed, look, yeah. I'm really sorry... Our flight has been cancelled for like yeah. the hundredth time. I felt COVID, like calling COVID. Exactly. I felt like calling Jet Two and saying, "Excuse me, do you realise I have a podcast to record? We're keeping Ed <laughs> Harris waiting. This is not good." Anyway, it's great to finally have you on the show. How are you feeling after your mega events this year? First of all, are you in a good place with your running at the moment? Are you injury free? You rested? Tell me. Um, my running at the moment is is very low. I'd say uh, I've so I, yeah I, I finished my sort of biggest race of the year. It's coming up to two months of the start date at the moment, and uh, I've just started to try and build some consistency. My my aim was to sort of have a month off, a minimum, 
and it's taken about two to be honest i just felt as i was really struggling to recover from a from a from a very small easy run so um yeah i'm getting there i'm slowly getting there so um we'll see how it goes in the next couple of more couple more months do you know that's really funny you say that straight away i knew from the messages we exchanged we we're gonna have a great chat and we're straight boom into it yeah so first of all before we talk about da- downtime and and how you have a break from running and how that works for you because i'm really interested to know tell people that don't know much about what you've been up to what you've done this year there's been two major things mm. the first one being the the summer spine and i'm right in saying you were third male in the summer yeah, spine. third male, fourth overall. Incredible. Just tell people what the summer spine is if they don't know. So the summer spine is a, it's a foot race, which is 268 miles from the, from Edale, just sort of west of Sheffield, to Kirkyetham, which is on the border of Scotland. It's along the, the oldest um, national trail in the UK, the Pennine Way. Um, and it's, yeah, basically you've got to get from Edale to Kirkyetham in, in a week, essentially, um, which itself is a mind-boggling length of time. But, um, yeah, that was that was sort of the second challenge, which I completed coming up, as I said, coming up to about two months ago. And then my challenge prior to that was was um, an FKT, which I created myself, which was which is called the, um, the Gwyn Harris Round, which uh, takes, obviously, a... a, a like from the Bob Graham, the Paddy Buckley, etc. Um, the reason for creating that was because, well, actually, it was during the first lockdown. So I got made redundant in the first lockdown and I had a bit of a panic that I wasn't going to get a job ever again. And I thought, God, let's just do something. And I, I thought, well, like, FKTs were becoming quite a big thing at that time. And I thought, well, I'll just do, I'll just do an FKT in the Beacons. Obviously, that's what runners do you know they just do fkts like there actually wasn't one that i could find there was there's one that goes across like from one end to the other but um i wanted to do a round i planned on doing the the bob graham round uh this last summer um but obviously covid stopped that so i thought let's create a round in the beacons and i called my mate ben up saying um i've got this idea and it was at that point it was an idea i thought is it a good idea or not? And he, he loved it. And he's like, let's do it. Let's 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 try and do this. And we aimed to do it in August 2020, um, but things didn't quite work out. And we then pushed it back to April this year. So that was the first challenge of the year, followed then by the, the summer spine. Really popular, aren't they, these FKTs, fastest yeah. known time. So basically, you, you kind of just make up your own challenge, don't you, for want yeah. of a better description. It is really popular. And do you think it is more popular since that people have had to be a bit more creative and find ways of motivating themselves with the pandemic, with races not, not happening? Do you think that's where it's really come from and, and, and sort of accelerated, as it were? COVID certainly brought them to uh, more to the attention it is just a way of racing where when racing races weren't on but they see that momentum seems to have continued to pass beyond COVID it's kind of like it's a it's a like the most purest version of running really it's like it's just running against yourself ultimately there's obviously people do race each other and like they, they submit times again trying to beat others but um it is just very much it's you do a run that you like and you try and encourage people or challenge people I guess to come and beat you and and do that run themselves it's almost like a Strava segment on steroids it's not an official race there's no chip time you know but rather than just a stretch of road you know can you get to the bus stop and beat the the, the next local guy to the bus stop 
it's, you've never it's, met. It's, <laughs> that you've never met, exactly. You know, people bagging... I've got a friend who likes to bag holiday segments when he's away. So when he's in a new place, he goes to try and, you know, bag all these these Strava segments and whatnot. And it's whatever. Really, it's a tool to motivate yourself, isn't it? Not, not, not purely that. I think with, with FKTs, it kind of goes above and beyond that, doesn't it? It's, as you said... It's like a run that's special to you, a route you really want to go and do. And, you know, for you, the point-to-point runs weren't so kind of appealing. It, it sounds like you wanted to do the round, you know, finish it, start and finish in the same place. Was there a reason behind that? Because I, I haven't been in the sort of ultra world for a huge amount of time, and I, but I'd always known the Bob Graham. So I felt like there was more significance on a, on a round. And what I wanted to do ultimately with the round or, or with just creating this FKT was bringing more people to the beacons because I feel like it's, it is an underappreciated one of the, probably I might be biased but one of those beautiful places in the UK and it's just perhaps overlooked sometimes by Snowdonia and Wales and then by the, the Lake District and Peak District etc in Scotland I do think that, that that was the reason I wanted to do it Is off-road your bag getting out into the countryside and the, you know the wonderful terrain and environment of, of the beacons is that what you prefer over road stuff? Uh, so, so yeah, I've only really got into like ultra running the last couple of years and like off road stuff. But it does seem to be something I definitely enjoy more. I find sort of pounding the roads around my local area just day in day out, doing the same route over and over again. That's when I where I struggle to get the motivation. That exploring aspect is what I really really enjoy about it. Um, but yeah, it's be- it's certainly becoming more of my bag. I've I've still got sort of like legacy road race. I've got the marathon this this next month in or in October that I was due to do pre-COVID, and now I'm a bit like it was like my, it was like my A race, and now I'm like oh, I can't really bother to do it because I want to go and run the hills of Scotland or something ridiculous, you know. <laughs> but um, it's it's that's why that's why I find more appealing about it to be honest. It's difficult, isn't it? You mentioned there about oh, I wanna, you know, I've got this A race, and that was my goal at some point. It was a really important goal to me. I'm sure it still is from the sounds of it. But obviously, you've done these great things this year you're having a bit of downtime it's taking you a bit longer than you'd hoped or like to recover oh, but i got this marathon in october but i want to go and do these hills and this da, da, da. Yeah, it's making yeah. everything fit if you've got a real serious goal so that might be to come third in the summer spine race but yeah you you've there's different routes to that goal but you've got to choose a route that's going to get you there. You can't just choose any route that won't get you there. Does that make some sense? You know, and I think sometimes it's very easy for the training that is necessary to achieve a certain goal. People actually don't want to do because yeah, oh, yeah. it goes, goes against what my love and passion is, which is to get out in the hills or get around Brecon or wherever it might be. The goal setting aspect is quite a difficult one. I think I've been really bad at this over like the course of 10, 15 years where I've tried to do a lot of things and hadn't really had that maybe that long-term aspiration sort of 10, 15, well, five, 10 years down the line. And that, therefore I've sort of done a bit of the, I've done a bit of triathlon, I've done a bit of, done a bit of cycling and then, then gone to the running and, and, and slowly the running has started to take over. And now I'm sort of really trying to make sure, I say trying to make sure, it's not really something I'm struggling with at the moment, but it might be further down the line, trying to really focus on, on running and ultra running. Because previously, I, like I was obviously doing the marathon last this, well, sort of April last year was the plan until COVID stopped that. Um, whereas now, I think because the success I had in the spine, I'm starting to think, well, mate, that's probably the thing that I'm better at than I say better at. It's probably less people doing it, which makes it a bit easier. But you know, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy the exploring aspect, and you're absolutely right. I think it's like getting down to the core of what you enjoy because ultimately if you enjoy something it's just far easier to motivate yourself to do it 
Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's you've got to find that sort of that why and want in order to, to maintain the motivation. We talk about this sort of stuff a lot on the show with our guests, you know, the reason why you want to do anything in life, you know, what is your why, your reason? And I think, you know, I think everybody has it, even if it's not at the forefront of their mind, you know, some, for some people that, oh, I don't really know why, but th- there's a reason there deep rooted somewhere, whether it's just because you want to be a good role model to your kids or, you know, exercise is good for your health and it's convenient for you to just put your shoes on after work and get out for a run rather than go to the gym and do something else you know classes or whatever so i think there definitely are reasons there and and what you mentioned there about the whole enjoyment thing i find this stuff fascinating you know martina uh, my girlfriend and i we we spoke a lot about this on holiday actually she's training we're both training for the manchester marathon i've got quite a few runners i'm i'm coaching for manchester as well obviously when you're over we talk about adapting in training we're we're over away for five weeks in 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 hot weather and stuff and yes it's beautiful run holiday we're very lucky but it's still you know we've got to adapt to training and manage our expectations yeah you absolutely have to but we were talking about enjoyment and sometimes i think i don't know i'm really intrigued to see what you think to this a lot of people talk about, oh, I've got to love running, and you see a lot of this on the magazines, don't you? Smiley, happy runners on the front cover, and, you know, everything's amazing, and you see Strava, and, oh, every run they do must be brilliant, and I don't think that's a reality. And I say this to a lot of my runners, that I want to help you to have a good relationship with running. Overall, I want you to enjoy running. Do you think that sometimes the thought and notion of enjoying running can almost be a little bit false in somebody's mind? Does that make sense? I always think that you'll always have at least one run a week that will be either one you struggle to motivate yourself to even get out, and I absolutely have that. Especially, I find that the hardest ones are when I finish work, finish at like sort of half five, I've got to go and run. And it's not necessarily like bad weather or anything. It just always seems that motivation is a little bit harder to grasp. I, also, I tend to find that running in the morning is better, but actually it's then harder physically. It's like you, if you've got to do like a tough hill session, you don't want to do that in the morning. You don't want to get out of bed and go and run up a hill. Just to, you just don't want to do it. But you'll never find it easy and enjoyable every run. Funnily enough, I was chatting to a friend about this the other day. Of Him and I, we train a lot, but we've got friends who will just rock up to an event and... Like they'll enjoy it and they'll get through it, but it just looks tough, you know. <laughs> and what we, what he said was, which is quite interesting, was that that race is sort of where you showcase the training that you've done. And that training sometimes will be hard, sometimes will be you'll have like low motivation. But that's ultimately what we, what we're trying to do is enjoy that race, and with enjoyment, hopefully, will come a PB. Having that target and that goal will then help you enjoy that event and that's where the the motivation i guess and drive comes from the race is an opportunity to showcase your training that was your friend that yeah said that. i know he said should we, no, i'll should... claim it i'll claim it if it's that good <laughs> I'll, I'll allow you to claim it if you give me like 50 percent. not even 50 percent, but just like maybe i'm happy with 40 40 60 percent. does your friend listen to the show i hope he doesn't but we'll just claim that as ours <laughs> yeah i'll never discuss this with him at all we'll yeah, never talk about it <laughs> I love that. Talking about that motivation thing, you know, the morning versus the evening, a classic debate that I think people have with themselves, don't they? Oh, I want to train in the morning, get oh, something yeah. done, but then, oh, it's harder, but what if I don't sleep well? And then, you know, doing the hill session, <laughs> like Ed's saying, that's different. And when you're, when you're warm in bed, it's quite hard to oh, get out, isn't it? It's very hard. It's very hard. <laughs> but, but here's a question. <clears throat> Not just running related, by the way, but do you think it's just generally difficult to start anything? Do you think the starting is the hardest part in oh, most things? I couldn't agree with that statement more. And I think with running, starting is so hard. And I, <laughs> I always say this to people is when if you like people often come like ask advice on running, and I always think if you're gonna start out, the first three runs just 
just try and get through them because <laughs> they, they're, they're going to be so exactly <laughs> the minute that all you require of that those runs are survival and and that's success <laughs> but um <laughs> then if people then stop they've got to start again and they're like oh these those runs were so hard i can't do them again i just don't stop don't stop but yeah it's so hard to get going i, I absolutely agree with anything it's going to be exactly the same i, I know you've written your first blog haven't you was, yes. Well, the reason mm. I mention this now, yeah, you see where I'm going with this. Was that easy for you to do? Did so? Which which event did you write it about? Was it your is it your FKT or was it was it the Summer Spine? It's the Summer Spine. I wrote it. about. Great. Okay. So we're going to link this in the show notes page. So if you're listening to this, you want to be motivated by Ed. Go and check out uh, Ed's blog on the Summer Spine. It can tell you all about what went off. Well, I'm going to ask you about that anyway, Ed. But was it difficult to kind of get going when you knew you were going to do that? Did you still have to go? Mm. Right. I've got to start typing now. And then the momentum kick in. How did it work? Before the race, I or after the race, I had no. Oh, I yeah, just didn't have any plans to write a blog or write anything about it because I'd read these. I thought oh, maybe maybe I'll just I'll just write it. And what I'm quite forgetful. So what I did is I got back and I I didn't move from the sofa for about four days. But during those four days, I like, wrote down everything I could remember from checkpoint to checkpoint and just like bullet pointed it and like very short things just so then going over I could sort of um, replicate it in my mind and 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 uh, remember it. It was like six or seven pages of this book, and I was like, "It's quite a lot here. This could be quite boring." So I wrote that <laughs> down. It took me about must have taken me another ten days to even start typing because I was like, "Is yeah, are people just going to be bored or anything like that?" So I didn't bother starting it, and then I ended up starting typing, and I quite enjoyed it, actually. You know, <laughs> chatting about I was basically chatting to myself about <laughs> what I was doing. Like, this is, this, I remember that, but you know, like sort of going over the race, and it was. Well, that's useful anyway, isn't it? That Even if yeah, you're not writing a book, absolutely. that race reflection and, and thinking about absolutely. what happened and how you felt can help you in the future, can't it, with your races and training? Absolutely, and I'd never done anything like it before, so, like, going over it in, in that detail. I think the thing is with the blogs of events like you do, you know, the, the Summer Spine, and I'm going to call it the crazy stuff, but I mean that in the nicest possible way, of course. It, it's, 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 it's almost... I can see why people would want to read that sort of stuff, because it's almost like the unknown to a lot of people. They aspire to do those things. You know, it's a lot harder to go and do that, of course, than it is to go and enter and experience a 10K. How do you find out more about it? How do you know about nutrition and uh, sleep deprivation? and All those aspects are so, like, when you mention nutrition, sleep deprivation, and, and even the mentality that you have going into it, it's really difficult. And my biggest concern going into it was, was the sleep deprivation. I did this 100 mile that started at 7 p.m., and by the first night I was fine, but then the, coming towards the end of the first day, I was exhausted and my, my brother and I had to sleep on the side of the trail because I was just genuinely falling asleep while running. Um, and that was, that was my biggest concern for the spine was how am I going to survive for four days? I just took lots of sleeps on the side of the trail. That's all you can do. You just got to... That's, that's how, how you deal with it. And you, my plan at every checkpoint was that I stay at every checkpoint for a minimum of two hours because... I needed the sleep. I knew I needed the rest more than... I think the person who came second took two half an hour sleeps during the 80 hours. Just that I know I can't do that. That may come with age and time doing it, but I know I wouldn't be able to do that. So I, I've very much put a focus on sleep. And, and nutrition, I also am very bad at that, actually. I mean, it's not much here I'm good at, but um, <laughs> nutrition, I'm, I find it more with fast races. So luckily, this was very slow. But um, I find with fast races, I sort of get acidic reflux and I've never really been able to get to the bottom of what it is. Most races, it does happen. 
meant some race it doesn't thank god mm. the spine luckily it didn't happen i i put that down to actually it being a disadvantage that it starts in the afternoon for sleep deprivation is actually an advantage for nutrition for me so um, it's finding those balances and and um finding what works for you ultimately and, and i do believe that that comes from experiences because you could read my blog and take everything that i did in and actually it just doesn't work for you um that some things may work for you some things might work might not work for you and it's just finding what what works for you is the is the is the most difficult thing i i think you mentioned sleep what's your relationship like with sleep Ed? do you do you sleep well first of all do you feel anxious about sleep what's it like i'm such a bad sleeper like generally with sleep i very much i go to bed early and i wake up early and i have no choice when i wake up my body says you get up and i just i i just can't get back to sleep literally can't get back to sleep i've always been like sort of a, quite a light sleeper which just didn't help for this race but then the what i i read a few things about sleep deprivation um and one of the bits of advice was something called sleep banking which i don't know, i don't know if you've ever heard of. i'd never really heard of it i mean no, it, i'm it, guessing what, what it says is, but, but but tell me yeah. more so there was a few things one of which was don't have any caffeine the week before that obviously will hamper sleep but um sure I mean, I tend to only have caffeine in the morning, so I didn't think it really would hamper my sleep at all, but didn't have any caffeine for the week. I would cheekily in work have a 20-minute nap in the afternoon, which is what told me to do, just cheeks keeping to the rules. Um, and then I'd also go to bed an hour and a half, an hour earlier than, than usual, and then just not set an alarm. But it, what's important with that is not going to sleep if you're not tired, because you'll just end up lying there apparently when it comes to sort of eight o'clock i'm thinking about bed anyway but um i would i would sort of go to bed at sort of half eight nine the week before and then wake up whenever that was and uh, and during the race actually there are five aid stations and the support crew were great at each of them and you could just say i i want three hours sleep and you wouldn't need to put an alarm on they'd come and wake you up and i never got woken up i always just woke up before which is bizarre because i was so exhausted but i my body was it was almost like it was just in race mode and it was like, oh, let's get going again, sort of thing. But I was just desperate to sleep. And it, it was the same when I got back. I couldn't sleep properly. Bizarre. Just not a good relationship with sleep. I'm not a good sleeper. Do you have a good routine, like, generally in life? No, I'd say I've got a, a fairly good routine. I um, I quite enjoyed lockdown, the fact that it was quite a set routine. Um, I don't think my, my girlfriend loves it too much. She likes to sort of go and socialise and things and do things where I'm quite happy, sort of, you know going to bed before 10 or whatever that, whatever that is. But um, I don't try and have a good routine. I think it just sort of comes comes naturally. You mentioned your girlfriend. What's your girlfriend's uh, name? Izzy. Izzy. Does does Izzy run? She does, yeah. she She's doing a short triathlon this weekend. Awesome. Actually. Good luck, Izzy. How's she feeling about that? She's not as nervous as she would, would have thought. Um, she probably knows she hasn't trained she can probably hear me right now so <laughs> she probably knows she hasn't trained enough but um she i mean she's she's done it before so she, she'll be absolutely fine and uh, not to put you on the spot here obviously with izzy so close next door next time we record this uh, we get you on the podcast we'll make sure that izzy's out so we can you can just tell us all, you know, <laughs> warts and all you'll be very honest is it a good thing that you both train does that work well is it harmonious do you train together or is it sometimes is there some friction there is it is it sometimes tricky to coordinate because you're both driven doing events i think it's a great thing i don't think there'd be many people certainly um would want to listen to me talk about ultra running and but she's interested in it. i mean that's great um <laughs> and uh yeah we, we do go out running and and i go out cycling with her um when we can we've obviously we've got a little dog at the moment so it's difficult a bit more difficult to do that 
but prior to that, yeah, we were quite often training together and I try and um, do a lot of my, well, do my easy runs with her. Um, and she, during like her, one of her goals during um, lockdown was to run a, a marathon PB. I think it was sub 150. So I trained with her with that, did some of the pace work with her for that. And then I'll, I ended up being a, a pacer slash aid station for the event. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we do. I had my running bag on and I, I was telling, you know, come on, we, let's, let's, get, let's get below the 150. But um, no, I think it's great that we train together and like, we can talk about it and do things together. Yeah, that's impressive. That was a half, and half I, marathon, I, guess I take it. I guess you, yeah, it's half yeah, marathon, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess you must find the same. But yeah, it's one of the reasons I ask you because we, we're now doing more sessions than ever together for a few reasons without boring you too much, Ed, and people listen to the show. But we, well, people will know that follow me on, on Strava and Instagram, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, but we, we, Martina's in between jobs at the moment. So she's had two months off. We're moving to Winchester very soon, 10 days, and she's starting a new job there. So this is almost like a unique period at the moment. I work from home typically anyway, so I've got a bit of flexibility in terms of when I train and when I run. She's off for two months which is why we were able to go away for five weeks again a unique situation that we capitalized on so we've been doing a lot of training together but interestingly we had a blood lactate test fairly recently at the university of bath so having all those facts and figures and numbers and data uh, that was given to us through the tests in the physiology lab were almost identical in terms of fitness level in a way i've had to really manage my mind a little bit because i was kind of coach and the the runner before martina was and she kind of i got her into it all um and and now she's just you know leaps and bounds like really made great progress and and we're running virtually the same like identical i mean she's she oh really that's really it's cool, cool. her background was swimming so she had a really good base and good fitness anyway it's about just switching across making the transition to running but the point i want to make is it's it's really unique because not only do we have that understanding between us to train and wanting to talk about it all the time like yourself and you and Izzy but actually we can train together virtually all the sessions but you know what you mentioned there about oh I try to do my easy runs with Izzy and, and whatnot I say this to a lot of people that whether you want to run with it's a partner boyfriend girlfriend husband wife whether it's club buddy or friend neighbor whatever colleague if you're at different levels as long as you get creative with how you train and structure your week you can still you still run together can't you like one it might be a tougher session for one person and an easier session for the other but that's fine got be creative we like we will do some some sprint sessions together and we'll do like half a mile I'll, i'll go slightly further she'll she'll be further behind we'll do some hill sessions Absolutely, you can do it. And I was chatting to a, a friend about this recently, and they, we were discussing about people who will just go running with someone who's slower and just run off. And that's just not—it's <laughs> not helpful or friendly or or, or anything. You just think you're not getting a quality session. You absolutely can get a quality session in. I completely agree with you. Yeah, and just while we're on the subject of this, actually, Ed, I want to pick your expertise and experience. Get your thoughts on this. People listen to the show. If you are running with different people, and and you because you want to, you know, let's say you're running with a friend, you've been doing it years. But one of you is making, let's say you're making more progress than your friend. So you, you, you increase, because people, you know, improve at different rates. That's fine. And now you're feeling bad about running off and all this stuff. I think you just have to manage the situation and that session quite well. That's what I think, Ed, because it's the psychology of it. The, the person that's slower, let's say, or less fit, that's fine. That's okay. You don't want it to really knock their confidence. So you almost have to have that. Do you know what I mean? You've got to communicate with each other, haven't you? Look, I'm going to run off a little bit, but I'm going to, you know, don't worry. A couple of minutes, I'll pick the pace up. I'll turn around, jog back to you, or I'll rest and wait for you. You both know where you are, because if you're the person at the back and some, you see your friend just disappearing off in the distance, it's just, it breaks you. <laughs> uh, it is. It's, 
It's, uh, I, I mean, this happens quite a lot when um, I go cycling with some friends and like they just get dropped behind at the back. Oh. And it's, I, you feel really sorry for them. But um, I, I guess for, for me, but I've, so my brother is five years older than me and I've always trained with him and he's been five years older than me. So naturally growing up, he was five years better than me. <laughs> uh, but slowly I've got better than him and he absolutely hates it but he's so competitive and it brings out his competitive edge that it's not a it's just not an issue it doesn't affect him he just if anything it drives him more um but i think if it affected someone negatively then it'd be really difficult to manage and i think it, what i would personally do and make, make right right or wrong i would perhaps encourage going to a club or something and there's people like five times better than me and people like five times worse than me and they include absolutely everyone and it's such a good such a good environment and it's just not a it's not a problem if you're slower than someone it's just not a problem that you're quicker than someone yeah and you can use it to your advantage can't you ed so you 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 can yeah you can use somebody else that perhaps is a little bit slower than you to slow you down because we know sometimes running slow is important as it is is quite hard you can also use it to fuel you so if you're running with somebody and they're faster than you don't view it negatively is it your brother you say how he he uses it as like motivation and drive well he's going to make more progress than he perhaps would if he wasn't running or cycling with somebody faster so it's just we keep using that word creative and i really believe that's so important and it helps you feel Mm. good in your mind you know sometimes you might slow down a bit which is what you're saying let's help somebody else you know another time you might want that encouragement and that push if you are doing let's say like a, a half mile sprint or something you can let them go first and then it's something for you to chase down so yeah there's, there's so many things that you can do and training for the spine has probably spent about six months training on my own and i mean that's partly because of lockdown etc but um it's i'm, I'm now going to join a running club again because i just training with people it's just it pushes you so much and especially for training for a marathon it's literally perfect i find you mentioned initially about downtime and having a bit of a break and you know after what you've done the spine and it was uh, the fkt a month became two months are you good with the kind of taking time out because it was really interesting when you said oh i, I thought it was like a month and actually it's taken me two well i think i think most people would be the other way or i've recovered now i'm okay and they'd get out there too soon and then get injured yeah so are you pretty logical and intelligent when it comes to taking rest if it's enforced rest from an injury i i would absolutely hate it um so in january i i had this like niggle in my knee for a long time never really got it sorted it was never really a problem i thought i'd just get looked at and the physio advised me to rest for like four weeks and all i had in my head was that i've just entered this bloody 268 mile race how on earth missing four weeks of training is going to be so detrimental <laughs> to me and it just blows up in your head and and all i was doing like i did these strength exercises i just was just mi- militant with them constantly every day because i need to get back fit because otherwise i won't complete it you know and I, like things like that i'm really bad with and ultimately it was absolutely no problem at all it was like it didn't hamper me at all it was so far from the race it wasn't an issue um so in that respect i'd say quite bad difficult i have to just sort of keep my mind busy one thing that i i don't do is like go on strava and see other people training i find that that then makes me want to train even more um but since since the spine actually i think because i knew i was going to have to i was going to need some recovery i didn't think it would be this long because after the 100 mile race that i did i i was doing i was back running within 10 days and like doing a hard race at 10 days later I envisaged that I'd be done at like a month would be f- so much, so much, um, so, a, a sufficient amount of time. 
Um, but I'm just not really that itching to get back at the moment. And I, I'm trying to build consistent a bit of consistency, partly because I've got these races coming up. But I'm not really bothered. And I don't know why that is. And I think it's because I had this big A race, big goal. And now it's I'm probably in that sort of post-race blues, which like everyone definitely gets. I'm just sort of on this on this come down. I guess I need something to to motivate me. And I, I guess what I'm looking at now is another race to get UTMB points. So if you, you know UTMB, Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc, which is kind of what my 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 plan is, my my ultimate goal is. And I think once I've entered that, I'll have the motivation to get back. But I'm just waiting to see how many points it actually is the race. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not really. I'm surprised how much how well I'm dealing with it. Admittedly, I'm, I've started to run more now and. And and um, I am enjoying it, and I'm I'm glad I've sort of taken the time I did off because I think ultimately it will benefit me physically and mentally, really. Because I think if you come back too early after something and you're not right, it will just you'll just be like forcing it, and it'll just be so much less enjoyable. One thing I was going to say actually on on expectation setting, and one thing that I did for the spine, which um, I don't know, if, do you know Carla Molinaro who did the. Lands enter John O'Groats. We she had Carla on the show recently, really... actually, talking about some of her oh, really? her, her, her racing in Scotland. Yeah, one thing I heard that she did for for Lands Enter John O'Groats was she had like three goals, and this is one thing that I did for the spine was I had I set out three goals, and the first goal was as straightforward as just getting to the start line. It's such a big event, you do so many miles. I just wanted to get my first goal was just to get to the start line. Then my second goal was just completion. And then my third goal was 100 hours. And I think that's a really good way of doing it. That like, ultimately there was such a high chance that I wasn't going to complete it. But as long as I, if I get to the start line, then that's one goal ticked off. And then if I just complete, that's another goal ticked off. And it's that expectation setting where you, it's kind of like the unknown. You're not sure what to expect. So set out what you the, some things that you could do and ultimately achieve. And I think that's a really good way of doing it. I find helped me so much. Yeah, I love that, Ed. And it, it, you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. You're giving yourself other options, other 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 places to go and things to focus on. If your A time, let's say, your first target doesn't, you know, it's not going to happen for you in a, on a particular race, well, you can switch to perhaps, you know, your second target. So I really love that. If people want to catch up with you and find out more about your training, what you're up to, they can follow you on Instagram. It's Edward G. Harris. That's where you can find out more about Ed. And I take it your blog is on there. People can read your first blog about the summer spine just go to your instagram is that right yeah the link's in the bio and um i mean i'm, I'm i'll be honest I'm, i'd like to be more active on instagram but i mean follow I, i'm i'm on strava so uh yeah anyone wants to follow my training and see see sort of races coming up then absolutely follow me on there ed it's been great to chat to you before you go i have one more question my friend are you ready for this question you look yeah. nervous don't be you started sweating he started sweating This is your (laughs) weekly dose of running motivation. We ask all of our guests this question. Ed, what does the word motivation mean to you? That's a good one. You, but you, you, at this point, you try and flummox if you're interviewed. It never works, though. They always give fantastic answers. So no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) I I think... um, What does it mean? What does it mean to you? I think motivation is is sort of tasks and activities that lead to a sort of goal orientation um, and, like, goal setting. and, and And I think if you have... Motivation is ultimately like, almost like the carrot that you that your training leads to, and, and like I said at the, at, the, at the beginning, it's kind of like showcasing your training. And I, I, I think if you if you've got something to 
to sort of that is your goal it's a lot easier to to I, I mean go out and run and motivate yourself to do that I think motivation is having something to to aim for I think you're a top guy it's been great to chat to you have a great rest of the day catch up soon thanks very much running with Jake the podcast. I mean, I say the worst thing about being away is the lack of weather, the lack of ouzo, the lack of seeing a gecko. But you know what the actual worst thing is, Pete, about being back in the UK? And I forgot to mention this to you earlier. What? What's the worst thing? I'm, I'm feeling some negativity all of a sudden. What's the worst thing about being back? I've got to do a bloody testy thingy thing, PCR thing again, lateral thing, thingy jig. I've got to do one of them today. I've got to do it today, and then we've got to go to Bristol to drop it off to see if I'm positive or negative, or I don't even know what I'm looking for anymore. All I know is I've got to stick this thing up my nose again, and I also know that Martina has offered her services once again. I didn't tell you about this. It's a flipping nightmare. If you are listening to the show and you have to do a lateral flow PCR thingy, and it's a home kit and you're doing it yourself make sure you do it yourself. Do not drop Martina a text to pop round thinking, oh, well, you know, she'll do it for me. She she will, but I tell you, that stick will not be going two centimetres up your nose. It's going right to the top. <laughs> it's like four inches. She's a vet, isn't she? Maybe she's maybe she's considering, like, cow's noses and stuff like that because she's sticking stuff all over the place on animals and so you don't want to be trusting a vet when it comes to doing a lateral flow on yourself. She may well be a vet, but she's a, a specialist in anesthesia so i don't need a good night's oh. sleep i just need this this stick just carefully <laughs> gently eased into my left nostril just so i can find out if i'm negative and then i can go about my life that's all i want i don't need a vicious vet and that's exactly what she is <laughs> well now it's time to get back to that regular part of the show that i love so much fortunately for you it is not hashtag ask the vet to stick anything <laughs> up my nose it is hashtag Ask Jake. Today's question comes from James who wants to know what I think about pausing the watch during easy runs when stopping to cross the road. James, a very good question, something I think a lot of runners can relate to. Uh, I think there's two things here, really, to look at. Is it, an, is it a, a, an easy run based on duration, or is it an easy run based on distance? So, if you are running, let's say, 10k, so the run's based on distance, I would say don't bother pausing the watch. I think there are some negatives behind pausing the watch, because I think it builds pressure in the mind. Uh, you're sort of telling yourself that this run really matters, and I can't stop, and I've got to keep going, and I need to jog on the spot while I wait for the traffic lights to turn red so I can cross the road which of course is all nonsense so if you're running uh, for distance and that's the target for the session i would just leave the watch alone because it doesn't matter if you do stop to cross the road you're still going to cover 10k so i think that's important to bear in mind if the run however is duration based let's say you're planning on running 45 minutes easy well let's say you live in a really busy area and you end up spending five minutes of that stood waiting to cross a road or to stop to sip some water or tie your shoelace or whatever it might be you're actually only running for 40 minutes rather than 45 so in that case rather than doing the math in your head and the calculations and adding on the duration which is crazy i would say just pause the watch and feel free to do that so at least you know that you are spending the target time actually running james i hope that helps run safe run well enjoy it if you've got a question it's hashtag ask jake or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com so if my calculations are correct and i believe they are this is the end of the show. That's it, isn't it, Pete? We're done? We're done now? That's it, kind that's it, Jake, yeah. Kind of wrapped yeah, up. we are. I mean, I just, I'm having so much fun, I kind of don't want to stop. It's been a while since I've seen your lovely face on the, on the screen. I'm obviously back in the home studio. I kind of just want to keep going, really. I don't, I don't know what time zone I'm on. Does that mean we've got more time or less time? I don't, I don't know. I don't know I don't what know. I don't. I really don't know what it means. I don't understand what's going on. But I do know that my watch is playing up, and it's only going every two seconds. I don't understand what's going on. So it's like I'm on half time. I don't know what's happening. Seriously. I mean, really, if you think about it, what is time? 
What is time? Don't start me with that. I'm going to leave you with that thought. This is indeed the end of the show. I hope you've enjoyed listening to episode 86, Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Just use your little podcast app on your phone. Don't forget to rate and review. And don't forget to join us next week. I think that's it. That's all I've got to... That's uh, it. That's it. We're done. ask of you, really? It's not much. Not, not much to ask, really, is it? Oh, oh, yes. Oh. And one more thing. Focus on the goal, not the obstacles.